You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Man, that movie was excellent. It really was. Totally blew my expectations away. I know, right? Now I really want to tell everyone about it. But I'm not sure how. Yeah. If only there was a podcast dedicated to reviewing films and discussing the latest news and trailers on upcoming films. That would be nice. Yes, for sure. And we can call it The Senegai Show. <laughs> what? No. It will be called Real Movie Critic Unleashed. Uh, no. How about Senegai featuring Real Movie Critic? Uh, how about the Real Movie Critic and his sidekick, the Senegai? CG and RMC. RMC and CG! The Real Movie Critic versus the Senegai. Only at CertainPOV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're going down, Critic. Bring it on, guy. Welcome to your next shift of overtime. This week, we are going to be talking about Black Widow. And to talk about Black Widow, you have me, Mitch, Jessica Bailey. Hello. Daniel Juarez. Hey, everyone. And John Camarena. Hi. <laughs> so, uh, first off, I wanted to ask, like, how did everybody go and see this movie? Because you had the option of going to the theater and watching it on Disney Plus Premium Access. I watched it in the theater. John? Theater. Je- Jessica? Theater. Daniel? You guys are too damn lucky. When I have a one and a half year old, uh, <laughs> as much as I wanted to go and watch it in the theater, I didn't want to be that guy with his, you know, screaming little kids. So <laughs> I forked up the. Uh, oh, those people the were there. Access. <laughs> yeah, those people were still there. <laughs> yeah, no. Yes, they were. I didn't want to be that guy. So yeah, I, I just forked <laughs> up the cash for the premiere access. So how how was that experience? Like, have you done Premiere Access uh, stuff before this? That was my first time, actually. I was almost <laughs> tempted to do it for Mulan and one of the other ones. I can't remember which one it was. But uh, none of them were kind of like, eh, I can wait. But this one, I, I, I really wanted to watch it, you know, as soon as I could. So I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, it's either the theater or just Disney Plus. But I was going to try to do it the same weekend it came out. Mm. And... Uh, did you regret it? Did you think it was great? Like, how did how did the movie watching experience go for pre- Premiere Access? That's a great question. I, I mean, the experience itself, I have no complaints about it. It streamed just fine. You know, it's 4K, whatever. I feel I lost a little bit of something having watched that at home instead of the theater. I, I, I really think it, it was one of those, you got to go see it in the theater type of movies. Uh, but I, that's my my only complaint about it, and it wasn't so much about the movie, really. I think it was just the experience. It was the first time that I saw a Marvel movie like that, I guess. So I did miss the theater for sure. Well, I know John, for uh, lack of a better timing, uh, would have wouldn't mind have watched it at home. He had to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle. <laughs> well, not the middle, the end. 
the final fight I, scene. I was, yeah, I, I was looking at the time. I was like, how much longer does this have to go? <laughs> and the sad part is, I literally went to the bathroom right before the movie. I was like, all right, got to make sure tanks on empty so I can just like sit down and enjoy it. And no, that icy just did a number on my kidneys. Oh, oh it's it's not an icy anymore. Harkins no longer has icies. They have Harkins freezies. So yeah, we lost the You know, I see. I did want to point out, um, Harkins raised their prices quite a bit on some things. They, well, did. they did lose a significant amount of money, and they do That's only true. get their money is just from concession sales. So. So they need to start making up some of the money yeah. they lost during COVID. Yeah, I went out of my way to buy candy. I was like, I don't usually buy anything at theaters, but I'm like, I, I got a full-time job now. I should probably start <laughs> helping pay for these people's paychecks. See, but no. they didn't have what I wanted. They, they, they're they not carrying the moon cheese anymore. Oh, I didn't oh. notice that. Aw, those are pretty. I, I don't know what it is about, you know, movie theater concessions, but I'm okay buying the popcorn. Probably only because I can't sneak it in as easy as the candy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the candy is definitely the most overpriced like yeah. item, I would think. Yeah, like you, you get it for a dollar at a convenience store, and it's five, six dollars at the concession. That's, that's a little much, but I can't go without the the movie theater popcorn. Like that's the biggest thing that I miss out on uh, not going out, going to the theater. Mm. So, theater si- theater talk aside. What would our what were our thoughts on the movie, uh, Daniel? What were your coming out of the theater thoughts? <laughs> well, oh, I, sorry, coming <laughs> finishing up pushing stop on your yeah, <laughs> Disney Plus. Yeah, and I guess I should say that I kind of watched it in two parts. Um, last night, I, I think we watched the first hour, and then this morning we finished the the rest. And. Ooh, I, actually, before you get get going, I want to know where was the stopping point? Like, where, oh. where where did you have your intermission at? Was it when I think Natasha and her sister were kind of already, um, where were they? I think it was w- w- with their fixer guy. It was kind of like that moment before they decide to go and uh, destroy the red room. I guess I think it was at that moment when they're kind of like talking about it, reminiscing about the past. Oh, I think that's might have been where we stopped it last night. Okay, if I interesting. Yeah, but in regards to you know, this is an interesting question because I don't know if it was because I watched it at home and not the theater that it felt more like a made-for-TV movie, <laughs> um, and not not in a bad way. Like it was like. It was high budget, but I think that I think it's really more about the fact that I watched it at home instead of the theater. It just felt so so weird in that sense. It wasn't bad at all. I liked the story. Uh, it was a little bit cliche at times, maybe I don't know, but it was still a Marvel flick. It was fun. It it made me laugh at the moments I think it did. Maybe I would have laughed more in the theater with other people. So I definitely I think lost something not watching it in the theater. So I, I, I do kind of regret watching it at home, but it's like, given my circumstances, I'll take what I can get. There you go. Jessica. Uh, initial thoughts on it? Yep. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I really liked it. I kind of, I didn't have, 
I had typical MCU expectations for it. Like I knew I was going to like it because I pretty much like all the writers that work for Marvel. So, and the direct the direction of it, and it's just it's how I like my action films with like a mixture of comedy and ridiculousness and action, and I liked it a lot more than I thought it did. I liked how it made fun of itself a bit. Well, made fun of Black Widow a bit, kind <laughs> of <laughs> in way in things that have always bugged me. Because like for the longest while, Black Widow was the only female Avenger, and she does. Well, I guess we can spoil because we're talking about it, huh? Um, yep. <laughs> she yep, does. This is a yeah. Anybody listening? There's gonna be spoilers. <laughs> no way. That's what you should know. I know. I'm so used to like the weeks watch stuff, not be <laughs> spoiling yeah. new stuff. So, um, like the poses things always bugged me. The poses really did bug me about her character. Like, I get it. She's awesome. But why does she always have to flick her hair and stick a leg out? Like, that's not what you would do to properly land. That's how you break ankle. <laughs> and so the fact that that was made fun of was was excellent. I think it was I think it was like a Marvel movie made for girls too cuz it had a lot of like girl humor in it. Like the vest with the pockets. It has pockets <laughs> and that's literally all we're looking for is pockets in our clothing. <laughs> so it was just it was great. It was fun. It it was predictable, but like I think the big plot twist with um Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. I caught that pretty early on i was like yeah that's probably so and so because it was like a cyborg and that's what you do with burned bodies in any superhero film is you turn it into a cyborg so but i didn't know taskmaster at all so i have no idea if that's actually no oh, okay cool okay so <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't surprising taskmaster is one of my characters and i'm gonna say i don't really hate what they did with the character the only thing i really was upset with is that it's science that made Taskmaster the way that she is in this movie as, as opposed to being a mutant ability. Like, I feel like this was uh, another way that they could have just been like, Oh, mutants exist in this world, but we're just not there yet. So no. I guess that's fine. Cause this is teasing it though. Yeah, yeah. They, they do keep on teasing it and like almost going there, but not, but this was supposed to come out before everything that's come out already. Right. Like the shows. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This was supposed to, be out before WandaVision and uh, Captain America Winter Soldier or Falcon and Winter Soldier. So had they owned the mut- mutants yet? I can't remember when Disney got access to oh, yes. Fox. Oh, okay. yeah. Because All they, right. they, they had gotten access to Fox right before Endgame. Like the hope was that there was going to be a some type of in credit scene at in Endgame where you would see something to do with mutants. But well, that, that would have happen. been too quick of a transition because they already have everything all pre-plotted out. I have a feeling these next few stages is when we're going to get it, but... More than likely. Yeah. I was hoping that the, the final battle, like one of those portals that opened up, it was like Xavier's school for gifted children just walking out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crash lands the thing on <laughs> Xavier's school. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> John, initial thoughts coming out of the theater. Um, I feel like this movie was long overdue. I've been waiting for a Black Widow solo movie since Iron Man 2. Um, for like a minute, I thought like, wow, like finally we had like an awesome female driven Marvel movie. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, no, we had Captain Marvel. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. That was a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like Captain Marvel just being so super powerful kind of diminishes mm-hmm. some of like the character. 
because you're like, there's really no stakes. You know, she's never in any real danger, or at least we're never meant to care for her. It's like, she's got this, whatever. In this one, I mean, you know that Black Widow was going to survive because she She dies later. later. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I was actually kind of worried for all of the other characters because I ended up liking them more than I expected. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, shit, like, are they going to do a rebel, uh, a rogue one and just kill off everyone else that's not important to the rest of the story? And I'm glad that that wasn't what they did because that was probably one of the biggest missed opportunities with something like Rogue One or whenever you do those those type of uh, story within the story is that, well, in order so that it doesn't contradict anything that comes after it, you kind of just have to like prune it essentially to use Mm -hmm. the dialect of our current shows that we're watching. It's like (laughs) you kind of have to put it in this little pocket where it can exist, but it won't interfere with everything else. So I'm really glad that uh, Red Guardian, um, Florence Pugh's character, Yelena. Yelena. And I guess I didn't know this, but um, Rachel Weiss's character also has a, a name. She's supposed to be the Iron Maiden. Correct. Iron Maiden. She's a... I want to say Iron Man villain usually, but uh, yeah, definitely not a oh. well used or well known uh, mm-hmm. villain. Okay, you might oh. have seen her in that that animated series. I, I could not get into Iron Man. He <laughs> oh, okay, very, very not a kid's, very <laughs> Iron Man. I guess <laughs> it was. Not my version of Iron Man that I it, give, it gives you a whole new uh, appreciation for what Robert Downey Jr. brought to the character. Yes. When oh, you see gosh, it on paper, it's like, ugh. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, I get why people don't like him now. Because I was always like, Iron Man's awesome. Like, I mean, he's narcissistic, but like, he's not bad narcissistic. And then I see the show and I'm like, oh, well, I get it why people were like, I, I Iron when, Man. When you get pure narcissism <laughs> without any charm, it just doesn't, you know. It doesn't work. No. It doesn't work. Uh, coming out of the theater for me, I definitely would say I enjoyed it. I, I had a great time going to the theater. I mean, does this being the first MCU movie back since the pandemic, like, does that color it any different for me? Maybe. But I do think that I, I enjoyed the little character um, moments for not just um, Natasha, but for the rest of her quote unquote family. Um. And and just the action scenes. The I mean, we got straight up Marvel action scenes again, mm. which were were great. I want to ask. So as it was brought up between us so far already, uh, this was a long time coming. We didn't. This is a movie. Not only does it take place in the past between Civil War and Infinity War, but a lot of people do feel like this is a movie that should have happened, as John put it, back after Iron Man two. So how do you feel about this one uh, being so late in the MCU phases and two going back to a moment that is so far back? John. Um, Makes me wonder for the future of the franchise. Like, are we going to, you know, basically do like a a side story more now than actual progression of the plot because moving into i guess we're going into phase four now Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to start to get into the more obscure characters like the eternals which are probably i mean they're they've been around longer than the guardians of the galaxy from what i understand but they're lesser known um you're going to have still some big franchise movies like 
um, you still got Spider-Man No Way Home, um, the Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange. Um, Another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. The third Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. movie, which up until now, we still don't really have anything on it. I don't think, think they've started principal on it. No, no. So in between those, I'm kind of wondering if like they're going to opt to also do the like side stories for some of the characters, maybe some of the smaller characters. Um, as we well, saw in this one, because... Um, yeah, we already gave spoiler alert, right? So yes, <laughs> um, the very ending of the movie puts it so that Yelena is now going to be contracted by Valentina something 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 to uh, go after Hawkeye, and we know yep. Hawkeye's going to get his own show, but I think he's going to be more of, of the backdrop for whatever his daughter's name is. In the, the it's not his daughter. It is going to be Kate. Bishop? Yeah, Kate Bishop, who's going to be the next Hawkeye. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I was thinking if we're going to be doing more things like that, maybe, where you start having those little, like, sort of like one-offs. Of, um, well, they're also introducing new characters with the Ten Rings guy. Oh, yeah, right? Shang-Chi. Forget about him. Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. yeah. So they're, and the Eternals, too. But his will be just an origin story, it looks like. So but, I, don't I mean know. that's what we we got with Black Panther. We got an origin story, and then we get you know more movies. So uh, yes, we get we're getting. I'm assuming we're going to get more Black Widow movies with uh, Florence Pugh's character going forward. We're mm-hmm. going to get more Shang Chi movies. We're going to get more Eternal movies. But then we also have two, probably two more Black Panther movies. We have another Thor movie. So I don't know if that's going to go off into uh, following Jane Foster, you know, instead of uh, Chris Hemsworth, but. There, like there are the new Avengers, basically. You know, but going back to to your question of how I feel about getting it now as opposed to maybe before, I definitely do think it kind of took a little bit something away from her and her character. Uh, you know, knowing we're like, well, we're not going to see her again. Um, and to a certain degree, she she got a little upstage almost at times. Like I fell in love with David Harbour's. Uh, character you know he every time he was talking it was just a delight for me uh it was way better than i thought it would be like his character like i didn't think too much about him but you know he had such little lines really in a sense compared to everybody else but every time he was on screen he kind of just like was stealing it for me that's Um, that's him yeah (laughs) yeah and and it's like well it's a black widow movie but man i'm really into these other characters too so i mean if I think if you would have released this movie before we know what happened to her, it, it I think it would have felt better for me. Now it feels like mm, it's just kind of an afterthought. But I'm like, well, at least we get to see these characters maybe again. So yeah, we'll see. Jessica, did you have more to add to that? Um, yeah, I could. Like, I didn't. I mean, I wanted it, so I'm not gonna complain where it took place because I wanted. A story that involved Black Widow, but um, but it did kind of sort of just feel like the setup for the next phase, even though it took in the past. So it did kind of sort of take from a character, especially since you do already know that she dies. But then at the same time, I guess it kind of sort of fills in why she had to be the one that would do it. So... Because people were like, why did she have to be the one, you know, to sacrifice herself for her family? And then this one, you're like, because that's what she does 
period, because there were multiple times when she sacrificed herself for her family, even when she was directly arguing with them and being pissed with them and everything. So I guess it kind of fills in that gap. But but yeah, it does kind of, I, fe- I do feel a little let down. Like, it's like reliving her death again, watching this. You're like, oh, I, mm. like, just, I mean, I loved it, but I was still like, oh, right, she's not coming back. <laughs> like... And, and and talking about family, am I the only one that was disappointed not to see a Vin Diesel cameo talking about family? <laughs> like I was waiting for like they're not going there, right? It was just it's just been so much in the pop culture that whole family meme, and they're talking so much about family. I'm like they're not going to do a Vin Diesel thing. I'm like okay. No, no. <laughs> I mean, if Groot just came up and said, you know, <laughs> yeah, I am right. Groot, I but we all, we would all know that it would be I, this I'm is like... family. <laughs> <clears throat> I think. Uh, well. Kevin Feige in a, in an interview with the EW said that the reason it takes place between infinity war and civil war is because that you can tell by the time we get to infinity war that there is a change in the way that Natasha walks and talks and, and acts. I don't know if I really saw that all that much, but I, I and I feel like that's reaching. The other thing is that we kind of know just from, Rumors, I guess, is the best way that Ike Perlmutter, who used to be the one that was in charge of like the movie side of Marvel's mm-hmm. uh, Marvel Studios before they just gave it all to Kevin Feige, uh, like he was the one that was very much against having a Black Widow movie, and ah. and the reason why there is leak footage of a stand-in for Captain Marvel at the end of Age of Ultron uh, in that final scene where they are all kind of just grouping up in that hallway and and captain america's like oh is this gonna be so this is gonna be our new our new avengers or whatever and she's like okay and he's like avengers and they cut it off right there like you remember it's it's like wanda and war machine and uh i think someone else comes in they're just kind of like there but either way uh that there was leaked footage of the, of something like that and ike also stopped that from happening from captain marvel happening earlier Obviously, so. a very terrible guy. Yeah. Okay. There we go. I was like, so he hates women. Is that yeah. where the poses came from? Yeah. Was this a big middle finger to Ike? <laughs> I think making fun of the been. poses and everything. <laughs> Just... <laughs> okay. Now I like that this movie exists even more. <laughs> uh, what What are the your favorite parts? Favorite parts of the movie so far, or after watching it? I- I, for me, it's got to be that uh, first time they, well, not the first time, but after they rescue, you know, Red Guardian and they're down uh, because he thought, obviously, they'd make it to Moscow, which he knew he wasn't. They weren't. That just that little exchange between him and his daughters and the fact that he's totally unaware of that what he's saying is just totally like cringing both of them. That was, I think, my favorite part right there. <laughs> That's very much a daughters and dad thing, right? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to. So, in his stories of fighting Captain America, and as we know, Steve Rogers is in the ice at the time. Uh-huh. Is he fighting? Uh, was it Isaiah? Yeah, Isaiah Bradley, that Captain America. <laughs> I don't know because I still think it would have been too late. Because I feel like Isaiah would have been whatever they would. They then they put him in jail. Isn't that what Isaiah said? It's true. That's true. So yeah. he, it couldn't have been him, but they might have tried 
other super soldiers that weren't actually super soldiers. That's what I'm thinking it could have been. But I don't know. So you actually think he's telling the truth and that he's not lying? (laughs) I I think he fought a lot of American soldiers. And I think maybe one of them was wearing red, white, and blue once. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, actually, when you think about it, was he, I mean, is he if he's telling the truth? What truth is he telling himself? I guess. Yeah. yeah. In the in the comic books, they have retconned it so that there were other people that were parading as Captain America at the time when because as as time moves on, when he when Steve Rogers comes out of the ice, it has to move forward as well. Like it, mm-hmm. he can all he always has to be a perpetual thirty year old something. So uh, they usually have. Well, that person is uh, this person, and he was parading around as Captain America at that time. So, we could get into something like that uh, in in the MCU. I doubt it. After we saw U.S. Agent and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Uh, Jessica what was a favorite part of yours. I had a lot of favorite parts in this one. Um, the family dinner when they all are reunited. <laughs> Um, even the really odd pig scene was actually <laughs> just so well done for how that type of person would be. Like, it's fine. It has 11 more seconds. Like, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> like, just so cool. <laughs> just the perfect establishment of her character. And then it, to like, to give you that thought that she's, oh, she's evil, evil. She is turning in her family, which she kind of did do. But, but then... To like convince you that there wasn't a plan made, that Black Widow wasn't going to pretend to be her mother, and it like almost made you believe it. Like, oh, oh, she wasn't kidding. She is evil. She is intentionally making things not great <laughs> or evil, evil. Like she, she did create a very, very horrible thing. But, um, <laughs> but I, I was, I was legit. Like, wait, no, like she's not going to. Ha- oh, okay, thank gosh. That, that was like a just a. Not a catch twenty two, but it was just, I guess, a sleight of hand, a red herring. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> it was like a red herring. I just that whole scene was hilarious because they're all like, "We're not family," and then, yes, you are. You guys haven't seen each other for years, and you're talking to each other like this. Like you've those three years impacted you. <laughs> like the, it's obvious. the fact that it turns into like a family argument around the dinner table is just yeah the, your family yeah then the most slouching thing that that's what I was like that's my mother right there like why are you slouching why is your elbow on the table like <laughs> I just want to relax <laughs> but, yeah that that was a good scene and then the I always love action choreography it's one of my favorite things and the the fact that she slips and slides down when they're falling and she does that flip when taskmaster's after her and she just slides down the like solar panel i guess is what it was oh it was gorgeous (laughs) it was like something out of an anime it was just beautiful (laughs) that was great (laughs) did you all feel like this one wasn't like grounded in reality for the fight scenes as, as much as the other ones were it's something that i saw on the internet and i don't i don't necessarily agree but uh, uh she should have had a lot of broken ribs and she didn't okay. she shouldn't have been able to breathe but like <laughs> which fight has been grounded in reality i guess but, is my which, question. yeah that's which, I, I i that's what i'm saying i don't i don't agree with it it's just something i've always seen on 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 the internet you know how well that place is yeah. No, to me, I think it was 
on par with every other Marvel fight, yeah. you know, scenes that I've ever seen. I mean, I don't think they're very real, but I mean, I think they're very entertaining to watch. So, same. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was a much bigger fan though of the 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 scenes that were clearly like practical. Mm-hmm. Like the car chase scene with the, the two motorcycle widows was like much better in my opinion, um, or more interesting for me to watch. I think than like the ending where they're falling from the red room, and mm-hmm. yeah, they're just basically diving through all the the wreckage as it's falling down and all that stuff. I was like, okay, yeah, like that. I mean, but I would do that with any of the other heroes doing that also because yeah, there you definitely have that suspension of disbelief with. Of some of the more crazy things that they do because yeah like black widow uh, should have had way more cuts and bruises on her face and like <laughs> limping um like one of the worst injuries that you see from one of the people that's chasing them is like she just gets like a broken leg <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh yes, yes, oh, yeah. NFL, yeah. she should have been like splattered, you know. Like, and even <laughs> I think in that same scene, Black Widow also falls down like four stories and like hits like three different beams on the way down. And yeah. it's like that scene in Spider Man Two when he's losing his like ability to shoot webs and he falls down an alley and he just like slams into like all these different things and into like a dumpster. Yeah, but like. like oh. I guess the counter argument to that is that Spider-Man falling down and he's pretty invincible. I mean, he got hit by a train in his last movie, but this is as far as we know, Black Widow's just a super spy. She doesn't even have super soldier serum. Nope. Although watching this, I'd be like, maybe she has like a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Cause yeah, she should like, she should have had three broken ribs after her first fight with Taskmaster. Maybe she was was trained in some weird martial art where, you know, part of it is you can, I don't know, focus the pain away or something. Focus the pain away. Or like, uh, who is it? Like Houdini who could clench his muscles like so well that you, he couldn't, you couldn't break his bones easily because he'd just turn his muscles into a wall, basically. You just got over matter. You just got to gut punch him when he's not ready. Yep. That's that's how you, you kill Houdini. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm curious about that uh, that martial arts style. I'm, I'm still not convinced it's real, but I've seen videos on YouTube of the masters, you know, who get their students to like hit them in the junk with like <laughs> bricks and stuff. I was like, okay, how is that tactfully advantageful? Like, I, I don't know. That's that's a weird. Can they have kids? Like, is, is it worth it? Like you can take a kick to the nuts, but like I are, feel are like they... those monks have taken a, a vow of celibacy, so they don't really have to worry about that part. And yeah. who knows? Maybe they're like you know one of Daenerys's soldiers, where they're what do you call them, eunuchs, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna say maybe that's just their thing. <laughs> that's their kick. There you yeah. go. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things of the movie. I mean, there it was a lot. There were a lot of great things, but. Marvel constantly, or Marvel Studios, constantly trying to find a way to uh, put in a classic or comic accurate costume for their characters. Like we saw the classic Loki most recently mm-hmm. in Loki, and uh, you you see like a classic Captain America in the in the first movie. Well, this one we get the classic Black Widow costume because at first you have 
uh, Melina, Rachel Weiss's character wearing it because she has been through the, the Red Room four times. So this is her mm. outfit from back in the day. But when in actuality, we get N- Natasha wearing it because she takes the mask off and she is wearing it's got the gold bracelets. It's got the uh, simpler black um, catsuit and then the kind of offset like belt that doesn't quite make sense work. Yeah, yeah, doesn't quite work as a belt, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's it's definitely a throwback. And I, I was like, I all right, I appreciate that. And the way that they work into the story, I appreciate that. So, how did you all feel about this as a uh, spy noir story? I definitely like. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> it it had a lot of similarities to the actual spy movie referenced within it which was a moonraker mm-hmm. um which yeah i i'm a huge james bond fan so mm-hmm. i remember moonraker but i never even thought like oh like at the end of it like oh yeah it was a lot like moonraker <laughs> so i mean uh it was fine though like i i didn't i didn't realize it until after the fact and after watching like some kind of like easter egg stuff i was like oh okay yeah that's true it was totally moonraker but for Mm -hmm. me it was fine i don't think it was like the best one or anything like that like i I think there's a couple others that i enjoyed more but i for me it was fine i i enjoyed what they showed us and how it went about but i think there were some things that were kind of like yeah you know you kind of see it coming and i like to be a little bit more surprised for certain things but that's I mean, this movie complaint. definitely, to me, seems like a Jason Bourne type of movie. Yeah. Like, that was the best equivalent for me. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, and it, yeah, it's it's not spy in the sense that it's about spying on stuff. It's spy in the sense of it's it's just action. You're, you're just a spy by name, which really James Bond doesn't do a lot of spying either because he's very obviously a spy. So, and Black Widow is very obviously an assassin, I guess. Well, I guess it's more of an assassin movie actually, if anything, but yeah, Moonraker wasn't it. It was nice to see Moonraker because we um, read and watched Moonraker for the love of pages podcast. So that was fun to see. So let me ask you this. Cause I've never seen, um, seen or read Moonraker. Like how does, uh, that foreshadow for the rest of this movie like when they when that's showing up is is that a big foreshadow uh kind of is um the, the biggest connection i could see is that in moonraker the bad guys um lair is in space like and this is not in space quite but it's high in the atmosphere so that that's that's the biggest thing that i can remember that's more like moonraker it's just the lair because i think even the bad guy in moonraker he was trying to cause the apocalypse he wasn't trying to have secret spies all over the place that he could control but yeah. some of the action sequences were kind of reminiscent of some of those in moonraker like i think moonraker yeah. also does have some of those where they're coming out of a was it a helicopter or plane and they're the falling down fighting kind of thing that was at the end. That was kind of something for Moonraker as well. Uh, but I think there was one or two other callbacks to it. Yeah, there might have been. It's been a while since we've had that podcast, so it's back in it our archives. But um, <laughs> And Moonraker is not my favorite of the Bond films, but it's... <laughs> yeah, Moonra- Moonraker is the one that has the ski lift. Not the ski lift, but the little... 
I guess it's kind of a ski lift, but the bigger ones, I don't know what they're called because I've never been on one before. Like a gondola? Gondola, yes. Like a gondola fight scene with Jaws and stuff. And But yeah, it's... That, oh, and the lair does get blown up and falls from the sky, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, and there's a character with metal teeth. There is a character with metal teeth, yes. Is there a Jaws. character with metal teeth in this one? Did I miss... Yeah, I was like... Which... Uh, well, I guess it tasked. David Harbour has some, like, metal... like uh-huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spilling <laughs> Actually, I did have a question, though, because I know nothing about Taskmaster. I think you're the only person I've ever heard mm-hmm. Mitch to even, like, mention this character in any circumstances. It is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I so it's news to me that Taskmaster is supposed to be a mutant. Um, is the the skull uh, the character in the comics has? Is that like his his or her face, or is that just a mask of a skull? It's just a mask. So uh, yeah, Taskmaster. There is actually really no origin story for him. There's no real background for him. It's another one of the Marvel mystery characters, you know, like so they could do whatever they want with the background. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, he, what he, one of his aliases that he commonly goes by. And when he goes by an alias, when he takes off his mask, he usually wears a hologram projector over his face. So you don't really know what he looks like either. So but it he, could have been a she the whole time. It could, it could possibly <laughs> be a she. Um, it's, he goes by Tony masters, TM, taskmaster so, so yeah, it's so. It, it's not exactly a, a big change to call him a to- antonia uh, now does antonia Drakoff exist in the comic books i have no idea but mm. that's what we ended up doing here yes it, he has a mutant ability his mutant ability is photographic reflexes any move that he sees done he can repeat that's there cool. is there is a uh deadpool comic no it's a taskmaster comic I don't remember which one, but he sits there and he watches a Bruce Lee movie and fast forward so that he can do Bruce Lee moves in <gasps> quick time. Like it's, it's one of the things that he does. So is uh, Taskmaster master always a villain or a neutral mercenary type or he is a mercenary type and the times that they have tried to give him a back, a background, uh, he is either a uh, aim agent, a, a shield agent or a, uh, <laughs> Uh, Hydra agent. He just like he's playing. He's a triple agent. (laughs) Like there's a time when it was like Nick Fury put me on, uh, you know, to work to infiltrate Hydra so that I could train their guys and then report back. And then there was like, oh no, but I was actually for I was actually working for AIM, infiltrating (laughs) Shield, then infiltrating Hydra, kind of thing. Like it's he's a mercenary. That's is exactly what it is. I think at the current moment, he is the sheriff of Madripoor. The the island that is ah. that we saw we saw in um, Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. That's right. He's the sheriff there, like because it's all villains, and he can just you know tell them or extort them for whatever he needs. Like it's it's a bad you know he's a bad guy. I, I like a good chaotic neutral character, and that's there you go. What his type was <laughs> was calling for me. So now you know what though it's like. I, I like the idea of Taskmaster, and even in this movie the, the way they they portrayed his abilities or i mean i guess it's abilities that, that you would call but just because you can mimic something it's like 
to actually use it at the right time, it's got to take a different kind of skill. You know what I mean? And so I, I like the idea of it, but I mean, there's got to be more to just being able to mimic some somebody's moves. It's like also knowing when to use them. Well, as I think, I think it's more than just mimicking their their moves. It's more mimicking their fight style, so that if you understand how someone fights, you will understand what they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and I, I think that one of the funny things is that the way that they portrayed Antonia's powers or fights or uh, uh, ability in this movie is more to a, more akin to a DC character by the name of Prometheus, where it's downloaded into her brain. Uh, like we do see her watching something, but it's more of a like it saw something also being plugged into the back of her helmet so that it's shown to her in her visor. And then she gets to use the vis- the heads up display in the visor to then predict what it is that someone's going to do. See, I thought that it was more the the way that he controlled her, though, because he does say she has perfect photographic memory like she can watch a fight. He didn't say it was downloaded into her. That's the only fair. thing that he was using with the chip was control. Okay. And I think you giving her what, assignments though. or something. Yeah, but, she, it, but when she gets sprayed was... in the face, she's loses the control, right? Because this that's one of yeah. the other things in this movie. We we go from psychological conditioning, which we had Natasha uh, go through, to now chemical better life through pharmacy, uh, pharmaceuticals, <laughs> right? Like they're using uh, Melina's research and science to now control all the black widows using chemicals Mm -hmm. and her one of the things about her fighting style it was kind of reminiscent of uh iron man's was it in civil war where he's fighting captain america and his ai is able to kind of like scan his fighting style and then kind of counteract it so i mean it could be something like that too where they just stole kind of that part of his ai technology and put it in her as well yes i I, it's the heads up display is definitely uh uh very similar at least it seemed that way in the way that uh, they showed off the the markings on her adversaries like moves and stuff like that so Taskmaster, like I am not upset about the the change in Taskmaster. I'm just happy to see Taskmaster on the big screen. <laughs> I hope we get to see more of Taskmaster on the big screen. Mm. Uh, I also felt like like Jessica felt, or at least expressed earlier, that it mm. wasn't a big surprise that it ended up being a woman. However, going up to the movie when I saw it in the trailers, because I really felt like the times you see it. And I obviously it could have been a male or female stunt double in the in the suit, but there's certain times in the trailer where you can see that the character is walking more in a feminine way. I feel, and that was my clue to it early, early on. I was like, Mitch didn't say Taskman Master Master was a girl. Like, why wouldn't he tell me that? Because, and then I thought, well, maybe it's because he can manipulate or not mimic, and he's fighting a girl so maybe he's mimicking her but then I was like no there's something very I I guess it was maybe intentional because there was something very intentional that made me think that that's a girl it's it's like it just it moves like a lady but I also I also thought from the trailer since they didn't show a lot of Rachel Weisz in either of the trailers that it was going to be her as Taskmaster Ah. I thought that was going to be the big portrayal but nope, when you see Taskmaster showing up in the, the helicopter, it's like, well, there goes that. It must be <laughs> it must be uh Antonia. So uh 
What was either John or Daniel? Were you surprised by the reveal of Antonia there in the third act? I was. Okay. Now, yeah. Taking it back slightly um, and continuing with the James Bond theme, uh, I didn't realize because I saw her name in the credits and I didn't know that she was going to be in it. Olga Kurylenko, who plays uh, Antonia, she was in Quantum of Solace. Yeah, she was a Bond girl. Unfortunately, she's the one that dies like dies? covered in oil. Yeah. yeah. No, that was. Um, Wasn't her? No, that huh? was Gemma Adderton. Oh, that was Gemma Adderton. That's right. Yeah, st- uh, Strawberry Fields. That's the one that got killed. Ah, that's right. Okay. Yes. Well, I, I was with you there, Mitch. Um, I I kind of thought Rachel Weiss might have ended up being Taskmaster just because you saw her in the beginning and then you kind of never saw her again. And it's like, we're going to see her somehow again. Um, and then and she then got it shot, didn't turn right? Out. Yeah. So, so I, I was kind of right there with you. I'm like, you know what? She's going to be somebody maybe later because I'm like, I don't think she's dead yet. So, yeah, it was it was kind of a good you know, surprised to, to not be her. How do you think, how do how do any of you think that, uh, uh, David Harbour's, Harbour's character, Alexi, uh, got his super soldier serum? Cause we know that when Bucky stole some of that, they tried, the Russians tried using it to make their own super soldiers, but this would have been a different formula, right? I think it would have come before. Okay, so before uh, the death of Tony's parents. Yeah, because that happened in, like, what, 93? I think you're right. So, and this takes, that flashback takes place in 95. So, I think that that might have happened sometime before, like, in the 80s, I want to say. So that he would get established and then, you know, get the, the, the assignment, I guess, to come and infiltrate be basically the Americans in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that that leaves me with a lot of questions because uh, so Russia was also able to successfully implement the super soldier serum, but they ended up just sending him to a gulag as well. Like I like, yeah, what that ha- does seem weird. That's uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. unless it was supposed to imply that the regime change, like, after this fall of the Soviet Union, um, which would have also happened before 95. So I don't know. Like there, There's some parts in there that I'm not sure line up correctly. Well, the MCU Russians had so- Super Soldiers, uh, Red Room, Black Widows, and Winter Soldier. Like They had quite the, the force here, and yet I guess Hydra kept them locked down? Oh. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Well, because Hydra, Hydra was at some point not even strictly um, Nazi-related. It was just like its own thing, right? Right. I mean, that's what we ended up getting in the this MCU history. Uh, we saw that the Red Skull was like, I am beyond you stupid Nazis. I'm, not, I'm Hydra now. And uh-huh. uh, in, the, in the comic books, yes, Hydra was more of the, the people behind the Nazis. They were funding the Nazis, so to speak. Hmm. They were kind of sort of like kingmakers in a way, or like yeah. a shadow organization. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of other Easter eggs, what have what have uh, you all heard, or did you pick up here on your own? Did you did you catch anything? Anything you want to bring up? Um, I saw something. Well, the, there was what a really obvious one, but 
it's also kind of a throwaway joke. Um, they make reference to the Crimson Dynamo, mm-hmm. which is an Iron Man villain who I think um, he has like the power of hurricanes or something like that, or he can make windstorms. Yeah, using armor, power armor, just like. Uh, okay, so. I, yeah, just like Tony. But he looks more like Iron Monger, right? Because he's like real bulky and big instead of like sleek and. Yeah. He, he looks more like a Mega Man villain, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, reference to, I guess, another classic Iron Man slash Avengers villain with the Crimson Dynamo um, was kind of cool. It would have been a good opportunity, given what we know now about the state of the MCU and the affiliation with Fox now, or its appropriation, rather, Mm -hmm. of um, maybe throwing in also, like, instead of saying, like, oh, weren't you the Red Guardian? Oh, yeah, I know, I know, you're Omega Red or something like that. (laughs) And that would have been like, hey. I understood that reference. One of my favorite was uh, the 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 large gentleman that the Red Guardian breaks the harm of when he's uh, arm wrestling people, uh, mm-hmm. other prisoners. Uh, that is supposed to be a mutant by the name of Ursa Major uh, who turns into a bear. And oh. that's why he calls him a bear. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you, you'll be okay, bear. Something like that. So That's awesome. That's a cool reference. <laughs> also reminded me of the fly when Jeff Goldblum arm wrestles that guy in the bar. That's true. You're breaks right. his yeah. arm in half. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Daniel, did you have any uh, Easter eggs that you came across that you enjoyed? Well, it, you know, the only one that really kind of caught my attention when I watched it uh, had to do, I think, with a little bit of the X-Men tease, I guess. When they, when, um, well, I forget, uh, Rachel Weiss's character was explaining to Natasha that, you know, that she was picked because of her genetic, uh, profile or something like that. And I thought, oh, mm-hmm. are they trying to reference kind of another, you know, genetic X Men X Factor thing? But, um, but I mean, Black Widow never, that we know of, had any type of mutant ability, at least not in the. Mm-hmm. The version I know, but uh, but that's kind of like the only thing I was like, well, they're just kind of they keep teasing the X Men and the X Gene, but we're we're still not there yet. <laughs> See, I just felt that that was like a tease of like you make a great killer, like kind of thing. It's in yeah. your DNA. You know, I wanted to comment on something, and uh-huh. I know nobody's going to care about this, uh-huh. but I really wished we got a scene in uh-huh. Infinity War. Um where spider-man met black widow and he was like oh sweet you're a fellow spider person like how'd you get your powers and and she'd just be like um it's just a name it was it was beaten into me in a russian (laughs) yeah yeah it's like it's Uh, called the forced hysterectomy (laughs) doesn't that happen in the comments between spider-man and spider-woman though because she didn't quite get her powers from a radioactive spider she just kind of sort of calls herself Spider-Woman. She yeah, like, like she just has like <laughs> arbitrary powers and like just chose like a spider persona basically. Yeah, and Spider-Man's like, hey, you got spider powers like me from a spider. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just like spiders. I just like <laughs> spiders. I, I, I fly with the cape. <laughs> Actually, uh, Stan Lee just wanted to create the female version so that he could copyright yep. the name. And we'll <laughs> <laughs> worry about the details later. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then, what are some of the things that we didn't care about, care for in this movie? What what's oh, the oh, grievances? Oh. oh, oh, John. Okay, so right away, 
um, there was one thing I really didn't like about this movie, and that was the the really weird cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was an okay cover. I didn't care for it either. It reminded me. I don't care for that song. Yeah, like I love Nirvana, but like that, that even I think like that's a dumb song. Like, this, like <laughs> and, and and to make it sound so serious, like you know, to to put all this emotion into it because obviously they're trying to play off of the fact that these are two kids, one of them is a teen. So like their rebellious nature is being like put into this really obvious song, which the actual song from what I understand of its history was because somebody told Kurt Cobain that he smells like Teen Spirit, the girl's uh, deodorant. Oh, really? It was oh, really? popular. Yeah. Hey, hey, oh my gosh, I remember that crap. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he just liked the sound of smells like Teen Spirit, and that's why he just made like a bunch of nonsensical lyrics, which isn't saying anything. It's just a weird song. No, it's just a weird song. So, yeah, yeah so, so trying to turn it into like a teenage anthem of rebellion in this, which is what it's supposed to be technically, but it just, the tone just felt so wrong. Also, it was a really long cold open. It reminded me of World War Z's cold open. I think that's what it is, which which made me think, oh, is this not the typical Marvel film? Because I was literally (laughs) worried I was going to watch a thriller or like, (laughs) was like, oh, no, I don't like the tone it's setting. But then again, you kind of have to set that tone a little bit because the background of Black Widow is it's it's a man controlling women to be assassins because they look nice. Like, just <laughs> it is a gross concept. So, and taking girls from their mothers and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it mm-hmm. did fit, but then it also made because it's the opening, it makes you think, is this going to be the feel of the entire movie? So, but it doesn't quite match the movie because of their song choice, more likely than anything. Well, the only thing that comes to mind that. I don't know if it's not that I didn't like it, but it was like, how many times can we go there was the whole idea of, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the fact that he has widows all over the place that he can like take over everything at a whim. And it's like, like, so Hydra has everybody everywhere. This guy has everybody everywhere. (laughs) It's like, how many people have everything infiltrated and maybe they just can't take over wherever they want just because there's so many people trying to fight for the same thing all over the world i don't know it was just kind of like well, we, okay we know from black panther that the wakandans had uh, agents all over the world exactly too, so yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be like john wick where everybody is actually an agent of somebody else <laughs> and uh you know they just have to figure it out uh yeah i love the or i guess i'm going back to love things but did you did I, I I had to read this one because I, I didn't remember catching it, but um from the first Avengers movie, uh, mm-hmm. Loki says to uh, Black Widow when she's interrogating him uh, that you know you have a lot of red in your ledger. We know about Drakoff's daughter. Like that's back then. Oh, they, they ended up using that now, which is pretty great. Huh? I didn't uh, notice that. Oh. Obviously, we had we kept getting more references to Bucharest or Bucharest. Pest, Budapest. 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 Thank you. Sorry. Budapest. <laughs> Budapest. Uh, so we got a little bit more insight into what happened there. Um, definitely. Hang out for whole- two weeks with your bed, <laughs> <laughs> hiding in tunnels, putting tic tac toe on the walls. <laughs> but uh, for things that I didn't care for, I, I really do wish that we would have got more fight scenes 
well, far, more fight scenes with Taskmaster. Like, I didn't feel like we got enough of that. Uh, yeah, there wasn't a lot of Taskmaster in this, and he was built up to be this, like, really ominous enemy. Yeah, we got that first fight scene with uh, between Natasha and Taskmaster. With, and, and then after that, like, it's very not... She's in the background. She's, uh, she's She gets she's stuck in a cage. Yeah, gets stuck <laughs> in a cage. So well, that was the, my biggest grievance. I, mm. I think uh, the one thing I didn't understand, I guess, and I'm just looking at it from different angles, but the first fight between Natasha and Yelena, mm-hmm. it's like wait, you you guys or you girls do know your sisters, right? And you're still like, like, what's going on here? And, and like, I thought well, it was like Yelena's well, place over there in Budapest. And I'm like, you're just like, if you're not going to kill each other, you're just going to like mess up the place or something. It's like, I don't get it. Sisters fighting. I don't. I, I guess. You know, these it, sisters it, just happen to be assassins at the yeah. same time so it's a bit rough it's a little bit more rough like it's yeah. just like when it's like can i beat you now like that's what i saw it like that's i literally was like okay where do we stand now they have some we haven't seen up, each other in a while so, some unresolved sibling rivalry they had to get out real quick and then they can yeah and i'm like focus. but like the, the whole pointing a gun thing at each other it's like wait so are you going to actually shoot each other it's like well you saw oh, their okay. fingers weren't on the trigger like it's more of a <laughs> I can best I you kind of, of thing. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's very reminiscent of, of Natasha and Hawkeye fighting like oh. it, one first in civil war. And then second time, it's a little bit more important when they're going to sacrifice themselves for the soul stone. But like, it, they're not w- there to kill each other. They're there to one up each other. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just totally confused when it was going on. Cause I was like, <laughs> wait, you guys are like, you guys are seeing each other. Like you knew we we're going to see each other, but okay. <laughs> you know, it's just, like you said, I guess it's just a way higher level sibling rivalry type of thing. Well, I mean, we have a higher, higher one of it, too, with Gamora and Nebula as well. Because yeah. ne- Nebula, I mean, Nebula is kind of evil, but not. She's one of those neutral characters. But clearly, Nebula just wanted to beat Gamora just to prove she could beat Gamora. Not necessarily that she hated, hated Gamora. That was all her father putting that in her, but, <laughs> but it was, it's once she beats Gamora, she's like, okay, let's, and she kind of ends up changing her tide kind of thing. So I don't know. That's, that's how I took it out. It's like, yeah, that's, that's how two assassin sisters would greet each other is seeing who's the best one still. Cause that's sisters are com- competitive. um my biggest complaint would be the butt shots probably (laughs) there was quite a lot of them especially in the beginning it slowed down later on but there was quite a lot of them which i mean scott johansson does have a wonderful butt but like i guess we do get a lot of chris evans butt shots too (laughs) (laughs) i guess i can't complain too too much (laughs) but um and also i feel like they could have done a slightly better job of hitting on the nail that it's also a metaphor of child slavery too because this is a true thing i mean they're not assassins but there are a lot of missing girls out there and i feel like they could have but it's not their job too at the same time but i feel like Marvel well, really could have been like, hey, 
also reality too. Like I feel like they could have hit it on the nail a and, little bit harder. And you know what? I, I understand that, <laughs> and I I think I feel like Marvel does do that more often yeah. than not. But I think it's more of like this is a movie, and then you also have Disney there. That's kind of like we need to hit all four qu- quadrants. We can't really get too deep we into it. Too deep, yeah. <laughs> I know. I and I know that's why I'm saying it's not their job. But I hope other people caught on because I I at least did get that message. Like, oh no, this is terrifying, and this is real kind of thing. Once they showed the map, so I guess they did do something. But I kind of don't worry, like, Jessica. I'm sure eventually they'll put, a, about that. they'll put a disclaimer in front of it before you know the, it goes live for everybody. This this film depicts blah 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 blah. And... <laughs> yeah. Well, but... you need to have this depicts this, and you can learn more here. You can learn more. That's more what I wanted. Like I wanted maybe something in the credits, like missing women or something this is the organizations that you can look more into it kind of thing like um another film did it um it was a hawkeye film what's his what's the jeremy actor's renner name film? yeah jeremy renner film and it took place in like wyoming or something and it was about the amount of native american missing women oh the wind missing. river yeah and they straight up say at the end credits like so many Native American women go missing and they're still not found kind of thing. So, but that, that was me asking for too much. If I'm honest, I was asking way too much for my Marvel <laughs> film, but it was more like, because I, I looked at it as a woman in this world, I looked at it and it reminded me of that, that, that is one of my fears as a woman. And so it kind of, yeah, that's, well, what a great reminder. Can we do something? Anybody about listening that? to this know <laughs> that you can go and find out more about this terrible thing. Uh, the side characters that we all seem to love we got Amelena, uh, Alexi, the Red Guardian, and now um, Yelena's um, Black Widow. We know that Black Widow or Yelena Black Widow is going to be showing up further in the MCU. More importantly, um, uh, in the in the more recent future, uh, Hawkeye series, where do we do we get to see these other characters, Taskmaster, uh, Red Guardian, Iron Maiden, going forward in the MCU? I hope so. I like them yeah. all. Any thoughts of where? <laughs> I would love to see Taskmaster as an Avenger. <laughs> oh, yes, I, Avenger. Yeah, I like. like I like. We didn't get enough. Yeah. Another nebula you know, type. <laughs> the, the fact that Taskmaster was kind of cyborgish in this one, though, reminded me a lot of like a GI Joe robot soldier. One of oh. the co- I, I forget its exact name, but there's like a Cobra drone, and it's like got a very similar design um, to its like outfit as the Taskmaster does in this one. And I was like, hey, that's the GI Joe dude. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to bring up something real quick because I was trying to work it into the conversations. I'm just going to be blunt about it. Mm. Um, why did, uh, what's his name? Harkov? Drakov? Drakov. 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 Um, why did he have a huge portrait of Rasputin in his office in the Red Room? So I'm guessing that they were trying to allude to the fact that he's a descendant. That's why he survived mm. the, the explosion. Like he doesn't have a scratch on him when that whole building blew up. So he's, but Rasputin he's, couldn't be poisoned, so they had to shoot him twenty times, and supposedly that still didn't work. If you believe conspiracy theories, so yeah, they, that's not they, the only portrait he had, though, right? Because I I thought I read somewhere that there was also a portrait of like Karl Marx or something like that. Oh, um, oh, 
what's his name? The Red Guardian had the words Carl and Marx tattooed on his fingers. This is true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I just thought maybe they were trying to make some kind of allusion to the fact that Natasha's last name is Romanov. Mm-hmm. And the Rasputin versus the Romanovs. I mean, that's what brought down the, mm. the czars. Mm. Yeah, that's true. They could so, have been doing that. I'm def- I, I feel that's probably an illusion there. Well, yeah. also, like, if it's, I don't know, if this Rasputin portrait is, like, a huge, rare portrait, but maybe it could hint that he's bought art from the whatever place in Falcon and Winter Soldier, too. Oh, that's oh, true. From the power yeah. broker? Yeah, or, the power broker. Yeah. Or the previous power broker in this case, but yeah. uh, speaking of, I think you could definitely see either Red Guardian or Taskmaster in uh, that Fight Club that we see in the Shang Chi trailer. Like, oh. I feel like both of them would be pretty well done there. Yeah. Um. Uh, maybe Melina being a part of Shield in some some way or form to or use sword, right? Sword or sword, yeah, whatever it is that. Yeah, whatever Nick is doing up in the in space, or yeah. sword. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. so. Uh, any any other thoughts? Anything else that you wanted to get off? Because yes. we've been talking quite a bit, and I I, I don't want to take I, up I too have, much more of your time. I have a weird one, but okay. Um, throughout this movie, of all the accents that we heard Rachel Weiss speak in. British her British accent wasn't one of them, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> That's fair. That's I mean, uh, Florence Pugh is also British, I believe, right? And she didn't she didn't get to use her British accent. Well, she, she didn't. But like Rachel Weisz, when she started in the beginning, it was a very American accent. I was like, oh, okay, she's she's gonna be an American. And then mm-hmm. obviously it didn't last long, right? Because she's in undercover. And then you know you see her later. It's like, oh, okay, that's a Russian. Okay, that's fine. I'm like, are we gonna get the British one eventually? No. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> to Just, that point, Florence Pugh's Russian accent was very nice. <laughs> is David Harbour? Does he? He's not of Russian descent, is he? I don't think so. Because I feel like he's done he, Russian before this, right? He's trapped in. Russia and Stranger Things. That's right now. true. He is trapped in Russia right now. <laughs> uh, until, Which until I kept on thinking too. And, like, <laughs> and, and, he, and he does go talk to the Baba Yaga in Hellboy. That's true. <laughs> I forget that he was Hellboy. <laughs> I liked him as Hellboy. I forgot he did a good that. enough job. It just wasn't that great of a movie. Yeah, that's true. But I, I liked him as Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Any other parts that anybody wants to get off their chest or just talk about or just um, like the the what are you on your period joke was done quite well to somebody that doesn't have a uterus. <laughs> like, just, just, no, 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 I can't because remember you put me in a program that <laughs> sterilizes me. They kind of yoink. It. That was. Oh. Hey, I won't okay, okay. That was very much a dad moment. I was like, ah. You know what? I will say that for the majority of the movie, I actually did think they weren't just undercover with them, but that they were actually their parents. And then later on, they like clarified, no, that we're not their parents kind of thing. I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, for a second, I thought actually you guys were like to- totally blood family, but... Uh, they they did make that, that distinction, and the only thing I'm disappointed in, I guess, um, and I thought we were gonna get it based on what we were seeing in the end credits after credits mm-hmm. scene. 
I wanted um, Black Widow to whistle back. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> when I thought like, oh, we're going to see the uh, the. Hold on a second. We're gonna see her um, tombstone, right? Her mom's tombstone, her unknown uh, tombstone. Yeah. And then I thought, oh no, that's that's not her mom's. Oh, it's Black Widow. Okay, cool. So we're gonna see that unknown next to it. No, we're not. Oh, okay. So that was kind of like the only disappointing thing for me, where we didn't get the, you know, Natasha Romanoff and the unknown tombstone next to each other. The mother, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't think about it till after the movie was over. But like, uh, the whole description of the tree with the pink blossoms, like, was that, was that the tree there too? Was that a, was she buried under a tree with pink blossoms? I didn't catch that much, I but I thought it, it kind of looked like it might have been like, but I was like, I didn't pay too much attention to that. I'd have to go back and, and check that out. Hey, and you can because you own the movie. <laughs> you oh, own that's true. Already. Yeah. I, I can go back and watch it as many times as I want now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Thank you. Thank you all for coming in and talking about this movie. Uh, I feel like we all left with a net positive, if not enjoyed it thoroughly. So... Uh, Jessica, where, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey writes. And John, you can also find me on Twitter at magic bollocks. Daniel, you can find me on Twitter at, at D zero three. Very creative. I know <laughs> I am at Mitchipedia GEM on Twitter. Uh, GEM stands for geek Elite media. The rest of geek Elite media is at geek Elite media on Twitter at geek Elite media on Instagram and facebook.com forward slash geek Elite media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of, well, I don't know. We do have archived episodes of Overtime. So you can check out archived episodes of this show and other shows on our website, geeklymedia.com. Please rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you use so that it helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Overtime on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast.